In its quest to provide an open forum for discussion of controversial issues, this station allows hosts and their guests to express themselves without any significant censorship. You are advised that any view expressed by the host or their guest are not necessarily the views of the owners or management of Toginet Radio, Togi Entertainment, or the Owners Group, Inc. us on a journey into the unknown, the unexplained, and the unbelievable. We will test your senses and challenge your beliefs. A world where science and religion clash. Or do they? You will meet real people and hear real stories, but you will not believe. You will witness strange sights and hear strange sounds, but you will not believe. This is the New England Ghost Project. Welcome to the everyone and welcome to another edition of Ghost Chronicles Next Generation. I am Ron Kolick, your host, the gatekeeper to the realm of the unknown, the unexplained, and the unbelievable New England's own Van Helsink. And with me all the way from whatever hell she is, Camp Carrigan, I guess, is the blonde bombshell herself, none other than Wrong Way and Carrigan. Well, good evening. Yes, I'm out here in the uh, deep in the woods camping. Yeah. Quote unquote. <laughs> drinking pretty, sounds more like it to me. It's it's what? It sounds like drinking more to me. Yeah, that there could be some of that involved as well. Yeah. <laughs> but and nonetheless, I'm having a wonderful vacation, but I'm very happy to be able to join you all this evening. Uh huh. So, did you visit any cemeteries? Yeah, I've already been to three. <laughs> How did I know that, huh? I know. It's amazing. <laughs> yeah. I'm... And I'm, I'm going to go to one in Springfield tomorrow. Really? And uh, Lord knows where else my travels will take me before mm-hmm. I come home, but that's the game plan. Well, Saturday I'll be uh, cruising the uh, seven seas. Well, one of them anyway. Well, actually, it's an ocean, <laughs> so never mind. But, yep, we'll be doing our ghost cruise, our annual ghost cruise out of uh, Rye. So that'll be a lot of fun. Three-hour cruise. You know how those go, right? Three-hour tour. <laughs> I should be careful. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but, uh, yeah, that's that's what's going on there. Uh, other than that, things have been uh, copacetic. That's good. Uh, what wait, 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 did you think about this Casey Anthony thing? Oh, my God. Unbelievable. Unbelievable. Yeah. It's it's like, yeah, everybody's talking about it everywhere I go. And uh, it's like OJ Part 2, you know? Yeah. Yeah, it's ridiculous. But, you know, having sat on a jury before, I mean, you can only go. You have you, you They're really, you know, you have guidelines. You can only go by what's put in front of you. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And it's, I've it's actually shocking. I've actually served on a bunch of juries in my time. In fact, I've been uh, foreman on many many uh, juries. So yeah, so you know. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's that's it. It sucks, but I mean, if they can't prove their case beyond reasonable doubt, mm-hmm. I don't know. Yeah, whatever. Someone has to defend the the innocent and. 
it was so, it's so weird. Like I've been on jury duty, I don't know how many times, and they're all been rape cases. Oh, yeah, that's terrible. Yeah, tell me about it. Yeah, wow. I, I don't know what I have posted in my head. Uh, hello, <laughs> pick him, <laughs> pick him. I don't know, but anyways. Oh, yeah, the one I got was uh, a bunch of guys from Bridgewater Correctional Facility, so they're all <laughs> you know, the homeboys. Offenders. Yeah, it was great. Yeah. All woman, all female jury. Oh, that must have went over well. Yeah, yeah, it was really creepy. They brought them in and out in shackles. Oh, yeah, it was fun. Fun. Yeah. Couldn't wait to get out of there. <laughs> I don't know. It's just it's it's just sad. It, it totally. For, it's, Situation is totally sad, especially for the the uh, young child. I mean, that's there's no justice for her. So. No, no, and it's horrible. It's, it's yeah. just, you know, so we really hear about talk about ghosts when they're here. Yeah, I guess. Yeah. But, Anything uh, more to you? Yeah, yeah. Well, this is another uh, another show of uh, Ghost Hunter Spotlight. Awesome. And we are spotlighting, spotlighting. We are doing that uh, for the New York Shadow Chasers. So, awesome. You're here, wrong. What? <laughs> yeah. Okay. So, anyways, without further ado, why don't we bring on Philip from the New York Shadow Chasers? Philip, you there? Yes, I am. I'm here with my co-founder, Kate Hoiser, as well. Kate Hoiser, okay. Uh, first, we're going to ask... We, oh, that's that's uh, Ann. Say hello, Ann. Ann. Hello. hello. I did. I go. said hello. Hello, Kate, and hello, Philip. Yeah, but I, uh, I, I, I actually spoke over you, so, uh, you know, I've never done that before, so it was oh, felt God, a little no, awkward. Yeah. It felt a little awkward. Yvonne. <laughs> I live my life with him doing that, but that's okay. <laughs> so, anyways, the first thing I want to ask you guys is um, the name. Why did you pick the name? Uh, that one is actually my fault. Uh, <laughs> my fault. <laughs> I love it. <laughs> uh, the Shadow Faces were actually founded back in 2002, and uh, I was in going through the university, and so my classes were actually in anthropology, so going for a degree in anthropology, and there was actually a 1986 TV show about a journalist and an anthropologist that teamed up to investigate the paranormal. It was called Shadow Chasers. Really? Oh. I don't remember well, that. Cool. Do you? No. I'm, <laughs> I'm, yeah, I'm a terrible movie person. Don't even ask me. Well, <laughs> well you, were probably, you were probably only like six at that time, right, yeah? <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> there were only like right. five out those and it was canceled, so it wasn't a oh. great journal. So, but. <laughs> and, and your name is Kate. Yes. And you, who you are the anthropologist? Or did I mix that up? I get a brace of verses. <laughs> Philip, the anthropologist. I do psychology. Oh, 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 you have a you have a blast with me. Um, oh yeah. <laughs> I actually, I actually have a minor in psychology and sociology, so pooey on you. <laughs> La dita. <laughs> yeah. So, anyways, actually, Kat, Kat in our chat room, uh, the Tojinet chat room, is a anthropologist. Uh, she studied for anthropology as well. Nice. Mm-hmm. In our last show, let's talk about weird things, uh, Ghost Chronicles International, which was last 
not this past Tuesday, the Tuesday before that, I had on a paranormal anthropologist from the UK. Yep, we caught a piece of that show. Okay, so moving right along, uh, when did you find the group? Uh, you guys are the co-founders, so when did you found it, and why did you found it or find it or whatever it was that you did? <laughs> um, back in 2002 was when it actually officially was founded, and it was the result of the Anthropology Field Project when my professor basically at the time said, go out into the field and document Appalachian folk medicine, yada, 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 and do the field interviews. And when I got out there and I did interviews, I got this one old lady who was telling me all these ghost stories. So when mm -hmm. I brought it back to the professor, he turned around and goes, well, the reason why people don't document that is it's still viewed as taboo. I said, well, why? Well, I mean, it's part of oral tradition. And he goes, well, I sent the field project for you for your thesis and stuff. <laughs> oh, like, wow. Oh. <laughs> wow. So where in, New where in New York are you, are you guys? Central New York. Uh, I went for at uh, SUNY Potsdam because it was one of the only schools on the Eastern Seaboard to offer a bachelor's in archaeology as well. Oh, cool. Mm -hmm. That's very cool. I always wanted to do that. It's something in my life I wish I'd, I'd pursued. Me too. <laughs> yeah, it was the result of uh, one too many connections. They're like, if you take one more class, you can get a double major in eight. Anthropology and archaeology. If you take another class, you get a minor in, in art studio. If you take another class, you get to do environmental uh, geology. <laughs> and just keep paying us. <laughs> yep. <laughs> yeah, oh, but wow. it, it, it's so cool. I mean, really, it, it's it's great to have multi majors as far as I'm concerned. Uh, originally, when I went to college, I went in for a general liberal arts because. I could take anything I wanted, which was kind of cool. And then, uh, as it turns out, uh, I went into uh, environmental. Uh, what the heck did I take? Oh, environmental science. Thank you very much. And uh, so, I, you know, that's what I, but the reason I took that, in fact, was because that was uh, basically multiple discipline, and that we took, you know, everything from biology and physics to uh, oceanography, earth materials. I mean, you name it. It was all. Mm. In with that, so that's why I really loved it. But anyways, I, so how does that help you with your uh, ghost hunting? So anyway, well, wait a minute, we really, all right, so, I mean, you must have been interested in ghosts before you took this project on, right? Oh, yeah. I mean, it, for both of us, it goes all the way back to our childhood. Mm -hmm. so. Well, I mean, have you had experiences when you're at your childhood, or is... Um, yeah, when I was growing up, um, I used to see things all the time. I was one of those kids who had to have a light on in my room in order to sleep, you know. I mean, and I, I just really never had a context for it. I had no idea what I was seeing. And, you know, like the only real feeling I had growing up was just don't tell my parents because I, I, I thought I was crazy, to be honest, mm -hmm. you know. And and that Phil and, you know, we we... I'd always had an interest in the paranormal. I guess I kind of, I had thought that that's what I was encountering, but I wasn't completely sure. And then I met Phil, and we started doing this paranormal thing, and then it just kind of clicked. You know, it was like I wasn't hallucinating. I wasn't, you know, I wasn't going crazy. I was 
being spirits. And, you know, this kind of gave me an outlet for that, you know, a way to kind of explore that and make sense of it. And for me, it was, uh, I mean, growing up, I was in a, like, pretty much now I know it's a residual haunting where you hear the footsteps come across the stairs when no one's home, stuff like that. And then it just progressed. I always get caught up in things like on a road trip one time we stopped at, uh, it was in Virginia, and we stopped at this location uh, for the rest stop for the night, and it sounded like a huge, busy city going on, all this noise, the truck stop and everything like that. Wake up in the morning, and we were the only car there, and it was next to a battlefield, and it's like, oh, okay. <laughs> <laughs> wow. So, you know, go ahead. No, I always bow to uh, okay. prettiness. Okay. Oh, really? <laughs> well, I wanted to ask if, uh, well, Kate, I'm sorry, about now no one else in your family ever had any kind of, um, you know, leaning like that in the direct, that direction? They never saw things or were psychic? Well, actually, um, <laughs> interestingly enough, once I started getting into this, my mother really has supported me. You know, she comes through a lot of our talks. And so um, one time we were at a talk, and it was when we first got into this, it was one of the first talks we did. My mother was there, and somebody came up to me and was talking to me about my experiences. And so she turned to my mother and said, so um, a lot of times this runs in the family. Do you ever, <laughs> have you ever had experiences? And she goes, yes, when I was younger, I saw my grandfather the day he died. Um, uh. And I turned to her, and I was like, oh, really? <laughs> and so come to find out, I mean, I don't think my mother really identifies as psychic, but a lot of times mm-hmm. she'll be, we'll be talking on the, the phone, and she'll be like, I went to a really interesting place today. And I'll be like, oh, yeah? She's like, yeah, it's haunted. I was like, well, how do you know? And she's like, oh, I just know. You know, we'll walk by a place or something, and she'll be like, this place is haunted. You know, so she you know, come to find out, you know, it, it is something in my family. It's something we've experienced. I think nobody ever really talked about it until recently. So, you know, now looking back, it's like I probably didn't need to spend my entire childhood worried about my parents thinking I was crazy. She probably right. would have been like, oh, yes, I feel that too sometimes. <laughs> like, you never know. know. The importance of, of being open and honest about the paranormal and not just thinking it's something weird, you know. But uh, let me ask you that, Kate, and also Philip, is is that you, you've had these experiences and, and thing, yet I, I read your, your website and, and you, you tout that you are scientific and that uh, you use scientific methods. So, I mean, are you discount mediums and all the non-traditional methods of uh, spirit communication? Well, the one thing that I... I came across as we're going through this is it started off as recording oral traditions to start with, you know, documenting interviews. And Mm -hmm. then it became sort of this question of how did it come about? Where did they get this idea of this, like the story, this legend, this uh, oral tradition that they're passing along. And so you had to go and try and authenticate it, find out what the origin was. And at the time I was doing a, my undergrad, again, was uh, doing environmental geology and geophysics. So I started applying some of the equipment while Kate was applying psychology to it. And we're, like, diving in and analyzing it from that perspective. 
And that's how we sort of incorporated more and more technology and environmental sciences into the, like, our work. I like to say that we have a holistic approach to investigating the paranormal. We don't, I mean, we, mainly we are scientific. We use scientific equipment, but we don't discount the paranormal or, you know, the psychic side of things. We don't discount hunches or intuition or anything like that because a lot of times, you know, as a medium, you know, the stuff that I bring up to the team kind of gives context to our readings. You know, we go through and we do the scientific thing and we get all the readings. And then after we've gotten all the readings, you know, I'll say, well, you know, in this room, when we were getting this high reading, this is what I was feeling. Or sometimes I'll say, I see somebody over in the corner, and then we'll go over to the corner with our equipment, and then sure enough, there, we get readings there. So, you know, we, we try and equally integrate all aspects. Yeah, because what it came down to, as we're, we're applying the science and getting to the bottom of things, we found that a number of our clients, the homeowners and people that were encountering the paranormal, were always asking for as much information as possible, even if it wasn't fully validated information. So we'd have to bring along a psychic or a metaphysical consultant that would have some belief and understanding. So we'd offer them our science side completely separate from that psychic, but at the same time we had the psychic along to give them their own impression. That way it gave them the complete uh, holistic approach to it. Okay. Very good. Well, but, it's good to know you give equal time, you know. <laughs> well, yeah, I guess. <laughs> so, so what is, what is I have to go, I'm going to have to ask what is your mission statement? Everybody likes to have mission statements nowadays. So, what is the mission statement of the New York Shuttle Chases? It's actually the official protocols that were for the field project that originally started. Uh, they basically state that uh, we're out to document and authenticate claims of the preternatural or in this case paranormal, and uh, identify the sources and potential, like, reasons behind it and offer any assistance, uh, counseling, help, and stuff like that when people are afflicted. Okay, so let's go down that road, then. Uh, You offer help. How do you offer help? Well, there's a lot of different ways. Um, Sometimes, you know, when we go into a house, um, we'll do smudging with incense, just to kind of cleanse out the energy. But um, a lot of times, you know, if, if we're encountering a client who is having difficulties, you know, we'll offer resources for them. You know, if it seems like, I mean, it's always kind of hard to bring up to people that maybe the problems that they're encountering aren't completely stemming from the paranormal, but instead other things that are going on in their life that may be making them vulnerable to other things or just causing the um, buildup of negative energy in their home, you know, we'll, we'll offer them other options of places they can go or, or people they can see to kind of help them with that, you know, and, and in a non-offensive way try and guide them towards, I guess, the assistance that they need if we're not capable of, of providing that for them. And then on the science side of things, if there's, like, significant buildup. We can track down any faults in the wiring, what's causing EMF uh, poisoning, if that's the case. We can identify in a 
several instances of EMF poisoning, but in one that was so bad that there was a fault in the wiring and it was causing infrasound, which was causing the 11-year-old to actually have nightmares at specific time every night because these three rooms were connected were on a junction bus and there was a fault in that line. We identified it. They brought in an electrician. Uh, and then, like, two weeks later, no more problems. Or <laughs> another case uh, was actually the EMF smog in a home would got so bad, so we recommended using traditional methods of actually neutralizing it. Uh, dump humidity into the air, it holds down the energy levels, uh, identifying the causes of that and trying to fix those. There's plenty of scientific means of dealing with that, too. And on the ghost side of things, uh, throwing a humidifier out there kind of helps them, like, dump down the ghost, too. <laughs> well, there you go. So you guys don't have the uh, the paranormal toaster for capturing these spirits, right? <laughs> no, no paranormal toaster. But we've always joked about uh, because the humidity in the air can actually neutralize EM fields and at least ground them out somewhat. Right. They become much weaker. We've always mm-hmm. joked about bringing in one of those Walmart little uh, humidifiers quacking penguins that quacks out the humidity. Oh, like, there you go. <laughs> so see some of the to that one. We've got this. <laughs> oh, that would be great. <laughs> so, w- w- what do you guys believe that spirits are, or, or what what do you believe that the entities—that's a better word for it—that you guys run into are? Um, I, and, how, and how would you, excuse me? And how would you classify them? Uh-huh. <laughs> that little blank moment. Um, I mean, pretty much what we think they are is energy. You know, um, energy left over from a spirit. I mean, I think our idea of what we're dealing with kind of evolves constantly. You know, every investigation, we learn something new. Um, I mean, I do think, though, that a lot of the spirits we encounter, whether they're residual hauntings, whether they're intelligent hauntings, they're just kind of like an echo of a person. You know, I don't want to say a soul, you know, because I think that kind of puts a... Connotation to it. Yeah, a connotation to it. But, you know, I, I think that... Well, what, what, wait, 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 what kind of connotation? I'm interested in that. You picked you pick up a t- well, subject. I Go ahead. Uh, when it comes to dealing with the paranormal, we've found that a lot of stuff evolves into semantics when you apply the wrong term to it. So we really? try and avoid using those terms. Like uh. some people will call a negative spirit a demon. Some people will call a positive entity, uh, not sure what it is, they'll call it an angel. Some people will call it a neutral one, they'll call it a fairy or fae. All of these things are applying our own belief systems to something that is distinctly not from our belief system. Uh, okay. Sounds like you're trying to be PC, but uh, <laughs> I mean, I think that at least in my belief is that paranormal is uh, an individual uh, experience. In other words, if, mm-hmm. if someone believes that 
negative energy is a demon, then it is a demon. If someone believes that, uh, right. you know, a, uh, a spirit uh, that, that passed, uh, that they knew was a guardian angel, then it's a guardian angel. I mean, it's mm-hmm. their beliefs. Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. I, I don't understand the reasoning for, you know, trying to dismiss that, basically. Well, I, I agree with what you're saying. You know, I, I think it is a personal belief, but the problem is as an investigator, when I'm going into somebody's home, you know, mm-hmm. I don't know what religion they are, you right. know, mm-hmm. and, and so for me to come into somebody's house and say, oh, this, 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 this thing that's in your home, it's negative, it's a, it's a demon, mm-hmm. you know, either A, they don't believe in demons, and then they're just kind of like, you know, it doesn't really explain anything to them, or B, they are deeply religious, and then you're telling them they have a demon in their home, and that, mm-hmm. you know, it's a, I just, I guess, it's not so much us trying to be PC or us trying to um, be noncommittal about things, but it's just more, um, I feel like a demon is a very extreme term to use. I mean, it may be what they believe it in, but in my experience, I've never really encountered anything that I would term as evil enough or negative enough to call a demon. I mean, usually when you encounter a negative spirit, it's not so much, that they're bad or they're malicious. It's just that they're angry, and we just haven't figured out what makes them angry yet. Right. You know? And, and, and as my own experience, I can say that, yes, I've run into angry spirits before, but I've also run into demons before, and uh, I've actually accompanied exorcists with the Catholic Church, so I understand that. And, and as far as uh what's wrong with trying to equate uh a trying to basically define what uh, happening or or an experience to basically something that these people would know for instance if you're if you were a catholic and you you had this uh, horrible experience and you 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 yourself felt it was a negative energy or whatever uh to to make them understand what this is in their own terms wouldn't you use the word demon that's one of the things when it comes to it we have to tailor any sort of responses or labels and stuff we try and be neutral because uh-huh. we don't want to offend someone. If it is, uh, say, a Catholic family that is afflicted and it is something negative that we think we know as an entity, it may be safe to call it a demon because that's how they relate to it. But what would happen mm-hmm. if they were an Indian family? What would happen if they were a Native American family? Right. That sort of that's where we're coming and, and from, and we need to have that neutrality when it comes to too, labeling things. I mean, if, if I encounter something that was clearly an entity, and I felt very strongly that it was not human, right. and, so then I might qualify it as a demon or or something stronger. But I well, guess you, you're going to have to hold that thought because we have to take a break right now. You are listening to Ghost Corner, next radio generation with, with a cutting Ron, edge. And we're right back at the following messages. Now, this Saturday morning, we're going to count them down one more time from number 40 all the way to number one with the official classic hits countdown, the American Rock and Roll Countdown. We'll count down the biggest hits of the 70s with interviews and artist information, news, weather, sports, you name it, we'll have it this Saturday morning, 9 o'clock Eastern, right here on Toginet for the American Rock and Roll Countdown. The American Rock and Roll Countdown on Toginet. 
Ladies and gentlemen, it's time for you to be a rock star. Get ready to rock with Rock Talk and Kirk Deswalt and learn how to achieve rock star status in your industry every Tuesday afternoon at 2, 1 central on Toginet.com. Craig Deswald is the creator of the Rockstar System for Success. Craig will share easy tips and strategies on how entrepreneurs and businesses can use outside-the-box marketing strategies to stand out from the competition. Each high-energy show will feature interviews with celebrity rock stars as well as business rock stars. For more on Craig, the show, and the Rockstar Marketing Boot Camps, check out the website, CraigDeswalt.com. So you can learn how to be perceived as an expert and celebrity in your field. So more people come to you to buy your services and products. Then, get ready to be a rock star with Rock Talk and Craig Deswalt. Tuesday afternoons at 2, 1 central on Druggynet.com. Philip and Kate from of, of New York. <laughs> Help me out. New York, Seattle. I'm on vacation. New York, Seattle. Yeah, yeah, you're always I'm on very vacation. Sorry. You're blonde. What do you want? <laughs> hey, don't call me blonde, blonde self enough. And all right, so uh, anyway. Philip and, and Kate, I, I really, you know, I, I hope you're not taking any offense to this, but this is just, I mean, the purpose of the show is to get everybody's points of view, uh, you know, across. So that's why we ask these questions. We do, we don't just, uh, you know, we just don't fluffy. We're not fluffy here, I guess. No, we have But, uh, yeah, 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 something all right. Uh, but, but anyway, you know, seriously, um, one of the things, and you might think about doing this too, especially with your backgrounds in, in anthropology, and uh, it, it, we, we always have a survey that we have the client fill out, or you know, we actually interview the client with this survey, and, and a lot of the questions deal with, uh, uh, you know, their religion and other, their beliefs and things, so which is important if we're dealing in spirits. Are paranormal. So, I mean, that's just an idea. You can take it for whatever it's worth. Um, but it's interesting. We there are so many teams that do different ways. You know, so there's no right way and wrong way of doing this. Especially since we, as far as I'm concerned, there are no real experts in the field. Uh, there are people who have had more experience, um, but uh, that's kind of the way I believe. Uh, but, anyways. Um, you guys had the great opportunity, I understand, to visit the uh, uh, Collinwood Inn? Yes, we did. And so, first of all, what's your impression of the place to start with, just as a, as a the building and, and so forth? Um, yeah, I have to say, you know, I mean, I think the first thing that kind of hit me when we went there is just it's an amazing place. I mean, it has a, a really great energy and a really great environment. I mean, it, it was, we were there, I think we got there, what, around 8 o'clock at night, the night of the investigation. We didn't leave there until 4 the next morning. I mean, it, it's just one of those places that, you know, every hour we were there just kind of became more and more active, you know, and it was just, it was one of those places where, you know, I can't say that there was a spirit there that we encountered that wasn't just you know, entertaining and um, just 
willing to work with us, which, you know, it's kind of, I'm sure you've had investigations where getting the spirits to kind of interact with you is like pulling teeth, you know, mm-hmm. and it's like the longer we were there, the, the more they were excited, I guess, to, to communicate with us. Yeah, I mean, within 17 minutes of starting our investigation, uh, a shadow figure darted across the hallway, went over to the other room where the rooms are wide open and have huge doorways to them, like at least 12, 12 feet high, 12 feet wide, and went over to that lamp and hit the lamp across the room, across the way from us and turned it on. And when we walked over there, we were like, okay, what does that shadow figure want? We looked up. And we could hear footsteps above us when we knew no one was was actually there, aside from our investigators, and we're all sort of looking up, going, "Huh, okay." <laughs> wow. wow. So, uh, I mean, the, the theme of the place is, is, of course, dark shadows. So, do you think that 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 contributes to the paranormal activity, or? Actually, I think one of the things that really contributes to the activity is the the place because it is a very very old house it's got activity of its own but quite a good portion of it is due to uh, jerry being a former antique dealer she's got all these amazing antiques these victorian era stuff all that stuff and quite a few of the activities like centered around some of the antiques <laughs> i think too another thing you know, is that they they really love the house and you can tell that they love the house by just the way that they've decorated it the stuff that they've done and, you know, from the, the history that they had presented to us on the owners, I mean, I think the common thread for all the owners and all is, is that they really love this house. It's a gorgeous house. And, you know, I think that kind of contributed a lot to the paranormal activity because these spirits, these former residents of the home are there, and I think they can see and, and sense how much they love this house and how much, of themselves they put into it, and I think that really makes it appealing. Right. The pictures I've seen are right. absolutely fabulous. and You've seen them too, Ann, haven't you? I actually have not. What? No. I have to... They were on our show. Uh, oh, my God. <laughs> I'm sorry. <laughs> anyway, the place the place is actually astonishing and amazing, and, and uh, I understand you have an event coming up with them as well. Uh, yep, in on August thirteenth, we're going to be doing the first ever public investigation and like midnight seance sort of thing. Uh, people can actually stay the night and do an investigation if they want to. Wow, that sounds like fun. Excellent. And uh, if somebody wanted to get tickets to this, where could they they get it? They can get them from the Collinwood Inn and uh, hit them up also on Facebook. And we can also direct people to Collinwood if they can't find Collinwood. <laughs> okay. And your uh, before I forget, which I always do, is why don't you give out your websites and your contact information in case anybody uh, would like to contact you or can connect with you guys? Sure. Um, our website is nyshadowchasers.com. Um, you can find us on Facebook by just searching for New York Shadow Chasers. Um, we're on Twitter. At and at Shadow Chasers, um, and YouTube, and yep, and we're on YouTube, Google New York Shadow Chasers. Pretty much, if you Google New York Shadow Chasers, <laughs> you, <laughs> you will find them. Yep. 
So um, I guess I'm going to have to uh, ask you, when you – when a client, for instance, say, uh, oh, before I forget, I, I do. You, I've also noticed that you were doing like a historical haunt things with a, the local radio station. Um, yeah, what actually happened was uh, we were. I started with uh, Jefferson County Historical Society back in 2006. Uh, it was a friend of ours that asked us to help them document these historical sites and turned it into a tour and sort of gallery project and found it was very, very successful for raising money for the Historical Society. The year after that, we actually got partnered with PBS Television and became the basically the ghost hunters for PBS for a few years. And then last year, we partnered with Town Square Media, uh, the, a local media station. They control a whole bunch of radio stations in the region to actually raise money for these historic sites for historic preservation. And I, I think that's a great idea. And if uh, you have some some video, I believe, on YouTube and stuff as well. Yep. Um, actually, we have the PBS documentaries and uh, PBS live segments from that uh, that are up on there. That's excellent. Yeah, I see all you. I see all your links now coming up in the chat room. And I know we've got a link on also on our Facebook page, I believe. Mm -hmm. If people just want to go there and click on it, and they can check that out. Okay, so let's go back to my original question before I get sidetracked on my other question, which I get sidetracked on the other question. But anyways, uh, when you, if if I'm a client and I call you up and uh, I think my place is haunted, uh, how do you proceed from there? It starts with a brief phone interview by Kate, uh, usually, and she'll actually screen them and we'll She'll get the information, uh, get all the info that they can about activity, the history, anything they can present in that and why they really want an investigation and what they expect to get out of investigation. Oh, that's a good uh, one. That's very good. Yeah. Some people expect to get, uh, like, some people want a cleansing. Some people want to know they're not insane. Some people want to know <laughs> that their wiring isn't killing them. Some people want to be famous. And some people are just obsessed. <laughs> yeah, and so it's sort of like it's a way for us to kind of get an, an idea of what we're coming into, you know, what we're what we're looking at. Um, but then also, you know, it's kind of a way for us to kind of gauge, I guess, where the um, person approaching us is at. You know, there there's certain things, certain questions that we ask. Um, that, you know, depending on the answer, kind of gives us an idea about, like, what who we're dealing with. There are some people, and I'm sure you've encountered these people, um, where they'll, they'll ask pretty much anybody within a 30-mile radius of them to come investigate their home, um, not because they genuinely want different perspectives on the haunting, but because they're looking, they have a, already have an idea formed of, of what they have in their home, and they want as many people as possible to come in to and make sure that. that they get the answer that they're looking for. Mm -hmm. You know, and usually those are the people that um, we're, we're kind of hesitant to work with, um, just because, you know, sometimes that can cause some problems, because, you know, we're not always going to give the homeowner what they want. You okay. know, sometimes... We go in and there's, there's no activity. We're not getting anything. And, you know, when, when we're done with the investigation, we give all everybody a report, you know, 
give them the photos, the video, and a report summarizing our scientific findings, you know, our conclusions. Mm-hmm. And, you know, we never say 100% this is not haunted because, as we say in our report, we're there one day out of the year. You know, you live in your right. home for 365 days out of the year. That one yeah. day we're there, we're not guaranteed to get reading. But, you exactly. know, there are some people where they're not happy with that. Mm-hmm. Um, but right. the whole method, going back to the start of it, is that after the phone screening, as we set up the time and then actually get the team together and go out to the site. Now, the rest of the team doesn't know anything about it beyond what uh, Kate knows, and we don't ask them for any more additional information, uh, Kate, for any additional information. We just take it on her that uh, this person's not crazy and we're going to a good place. And uh, then from there... Kate will sit down with one of our other team members and actually interview and record the interviews of all the participants, all the informants at the site, while two of us, two of the other team, me and usually Josh, will go around and we'll take and do baseline readings and check for any stray wiring, check for any stray, anything that will probably be contamination or uh, in some cases, can be hazardous to our health, like a loose Rottweiler and stuff like that. Yeah, that would um, be. Uh, <laughs> I don't think I want to face that. <laughs> and Van right. Helsing fears nothing. <laughs> yeah. And so after the initial stage, then we'll switch over and we'll divide up, and we'll just take two teams and do complete sweeps of the entire, the entire premises of the entire site, and run through and do it several several times through documenting and using every sweep we can in, like, succession, like EMF, electrostatic, then we got infrasound, then we have RF, and, you know, each one is its own sweep. But after all is said and done, after we've gotten most of the stuff down, we'll turn around, and then I kind of turn a few of our other investigators loose, like Kate, with uh, the ITC equipment, stuff like the PS and their own impressions and the psychics and stuff like that, because then it's more into the communication phase of the investigation. Now, you now mentioned, many, uh, uh, go ahead, Ian. I, I wanted to ask, how many people are actually on your core team? That's a good question. Uh, we have about six core members. Uh, Alternates between five and six, <laughs> but and seven, sometimes. But usually, mm-hmm. we have um, under ten members. We try and keep it um, pretty small because right. we when you have bigger teams, you kind of start tripping all over each other, and you know, and then you kind of lead to the whole issue of contaminating the results just right. by you know general activity. <laughs> but we do right. also have affiliate members too that we can call on. Uh, like Jerry and Brian have actually become our very good affiliate members, and we've dragged them in on a number of occasions already because they're really good investigators and they're really quick to learn, and we do that for a lot of people. Uh, a lot of times we've seen people will actually be very exclusive and stuff like that. I haven't, we haven't really found that to be the problem. Uh, mostly it's people don't have the dedication to keep up with our schedule for them. Right. <laughs> Right. Like we right. have uh, literally every other week or in the past, like, month, we had, like, every weekend we had something, another case to hit, another activity that we had to do and stuff like that. And there's very few people who have that amount of free time and that dedication to keep up. 
That's correct. Absolutely correct. I hear you. <laughs> so let me ask you, well, actually, Ann can ask this question. Go ahead, Ann. Uh, okay. Um, give me a hint. <laughs> <laughs> Sounds like bigger than a... Uh, actually, uh, cemeteries, are they haunted? Are you asking me? Or are no. you asking them? Them. You're asking, them. asking them. Okay. I'm asking them for you. You got me all confused. All right. Go ahead. Um. <laughs> <laughs> so, are uh, cemeteries haunted, guys? <laughs> I'm kind of on the fence about this. I mean, we have gotten a lot of results in cemeteries, um, but do I believe that the ghosts that are in cemeteries just exclusively hang out in cemeteries? I don't mm -hmm. think so. You know, I am kind of in the in the um, idea of thought that ghosts, some spirits are kind of stuck in one place, you know, but I think a lot of spirits have the opportunity to kind of travel. I mean, I know our house is haunted, um, and every once in a while, you know, I'll be in the kitchen, which is kind of our ghostly gathering spot in our house. Um, and I'll be like, wait a minute, there's somebody here who wasn't here two days ago. You know, I think ghosts kind of travel around. And so I think that, um, I mean, we have gotten results in cemeteries. I mean, we've gotten good EVPs. We've gotten awesome photos. But I, I don't believe that they're haunted in the fact that, you know, there's, there's ghosts that just kind of spend their entire afterlife in a cemetery. I agree. Unless, you know, they really are having a hard time dealing with the fact that they're dead. But, I mean, cemeteries, they're cool, they're creepy, but they're boring. I really can't <laughs> imagine something See, like... That's interesting. Now, now, I know that Leslie, who is in the chat room, uh, knows Fiona Broom, and Fiona absolutely knows this cemetery that she refuses to go into because she absolutely blames it for the death of one of her researchers. And really? Wow. You never knew that? No. If you go on her website, she's got several things written about it and actually warnings of people not to go in, which I don't know if that's a good idea because some people will probably go in because of that. <laughs> but right. anyways, uh, yeah, cemeteries um, are strange. I don't particularly like them that much, um, but they can be haunted. The question is, are the spirits here all the time or not? That's really, I guess, right. the bottom line. I mean, you look at the you look at resurrection resurrection Mary story. If you believe in that at all, then she always returns to Resurrection Cemetery. But where is she when she isn't there? You know that. Yeah, exactly. Does she hang around there? Yeah. But I mean, the, well, well, if you're going to go that way, let me ask you this: Do spirits hang around the same house all the time? And, and do I, are they there twenty four seven? I don't believe so. You know, I, I really don't. I mean, I don't know where they go when they're not here. Um, but, I mean, I very strongly believe that ghosts aren't in the same area 100% of the time. You know, I mean, again, bringing up my own house, because that's where I am all the time, and that's what I know. I mean, there are some days um, we renovated our kitchen. I mean, this is a house that was built in the 1800s. Um, I mean, it's been in my family the entire time. And, um, 
you know, just a couple of years ago, we ripped out walls in the kitchen, you know, and, and really, really renovated the place. And, you know, so our kitchen's kind of a hot spot. And, you know, some days there's nothing. Some days, you know, there's three or four spirits hanging out in the kitchen, and other days there's nothing. You know, some days my house, the house is very active, things are moving around, we're hearing footsteps, I'm seeing shadows. You know, and then other days there's nothing. And I, I just think that, you know, they, they have other things that they do. Maybe they go and, you know, visit other places. I mean, I know that if I were a, a ghost, I wouldn't want to be in the same place forever. You know, even if it's a nice, cushy place, you know. Well, I mean, it, it all depends why that particular spirit is there. And mm-hmm. Because I mean, if you if you believe that some some spirits are uh, so attached to their their house or whatever, and, and, and in fact, a lot of people believe that that's why their activity increased while there's uh, renovations going on, then you can understand that they they're you know that's why they don't want to move on. That's their place. That's the only thing they know, and they want to stay there. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think it it varies depending. Like you said, you know, there are some people who are so tied to a location they don't want to move on. And in that case, you know, it might be desirable for them to spend their entire afterlife in that place. You know, but I mean, I I think that the problem with the paranormal is because you're dealing with people, deceased people. You know, it, it's just like every person. It's really hard to make. A general assumption. Yeah, to say, like, a I agree 100% with you. I think you hit it right on the nose. I don't think there's one rule for all spirits. Mm-hmm. Right. Makes sense to me. <laughs> and uh, we, uh, oh, God, I just forgot that question. Oh, man, it was a good one. I, I, I never do that all the time. <laughs> Anyways, moving right along. Um so let me ask you this, guys. What's what's coming up for you? I know you have that event on August something or other. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> um, <laughs> hey, I got to try um, to remember my own. Never mind yours. So I mean, you have one at the Collinwood on August what? Thirteenth. Um, I'm hoping it'll be Friday the thirteenth, but it's Saturday the thirteenth. That's okay. <laughs> Um, we also have, at the end of July, we're doing um, another one of our historical tours for General Herkimer Home, which is in um, Little, Little Falls, New York, um, kind of near ours. It's the home of General Nicholas Herkimer, who Ooh. fought the Revolutionary War. Um, it's currently a state, state site, have a state site um, and they are currently facing a drastic cut in funding from the state. Um, so they're kind of looking to non-traditional fundraising ideas. So we're going to be doing a tour and investigation there. It's the home, um, which has a lot of really awesome antiques in it, and then the, um, the home cemetery dates back on the ground. The yeah, it's, it's the home was built in the 1600s, so it's a really cool place. Um, they're really awesome there. <laughs> Oh, that sounds that sounds really cool. I mean, that's I mean, I do a lot of. Uh, um, uh, which we're fundraising for lighthouses because I'm kind of involved with that. Uh, so that's that's my thing. But I find that more and more paranormal groups are getting involved in uh, fundraising for uh, historic sites. And, and I think that's because the paranormal and the uh, uh, in history goes hand-in-hand, basically. Mm-hmm. 
Absolutely. And I, I feel, too, yeah. that a lot of people kind of discount history. You know, you talk to a lot of, I work with kids, mm-hmm. and a lot of them are like, I hate history. Really? <laughs> but a lot of people are interested in the paranormal. So when you say, you know, you're experiencing history through the paranormal, all of a sudden then they're like, oh, hey, I kind of like history, you know? Oh, yeah. Uh-huh. <laughs> It's pretty cool. We did an investigation a couple weeks ago um, at an old courthouse in Herkimer, New York. It was the site of a couple of famous murder trials um, during their time period. And, um, you know, I was leading the tour into the basement and we started getting some weird readings. And, um, you know, I I can usually feel energy. So I was feeling the energy and um, I could feel it that there was somebody standing with us. And I was, I told my tour, it was just like four or five of us. I said, you know, feel, put your hand over here, you know, and they could all feel it. I'm like, do you feel anything? And they're like, oh, it feels kind of prickly. And I was like, that's, that's a spirit. You're touching a spirit. And everybody's like, wow, you know, it, it kind of, they had that opportunity to touch a spirit and, and to, to touch the history. You know, it, it's like it, it's not just history reading in a book or looking at a plaque. You know, it, it's touching history and it, it's, experiencing history firsthand. That's a great, great way to put it, I think. I mean, you can't, you have to have the history. I mean, uh, how can you not be involved in the history? Without history, there is no contact. Right. Right, yeah, that's the interesting thing about it. Uh, Now, I also saw something about the Erie, uh, oh, God, was it the Erie Canal or? Yeah, Erie Canal Village. Um, the, we've got a lot of stuff coming up, honestly. Um, this month is the Herkimer home. Next month is Collinwood. And actually, we're going to be heading out to the USS Salem. Oh, uh, you're coming to my uh, neck of woods. Yeah. yeah. Oh, that's cool. We'll, we'll, geez, we got to hitch up then. <laughs> Seriously. Yep, dinner or something. Yeah, the uh yeah, in fact I, I we are planning uh well someone's planning up in we was supposed to be going up to Buffalo uh which is kind of in your neck of the woods, isn't it? Sort of. It's on the way. <laughs> yeah, we're on the way to Buffalo. <laughs> so yeah, you shuffle off to Buffalo, so yeah, I might be heading up that way. So anyways, this summer. So anyways, we've actually run out of time and I want to thank you guys so much. We've been listening to the New York Shuttle Chases, uh, Phil and Kate, and we want to thank you so much for coming on the show. And uh, yeah. you can visit their website, oh, one of their many websites. <laughs> uh, <laughs> so thank you, guys. Oh, thank you very much. Thank you for yeah, having me. Yeah, bye Take now. Care. Bye-bye. Bye. Well, that was wow, cool. they're very busy. <laughs> yeah. Busier than you. Uh, yes, sir. <laughs> That's amazing. Oh, my goodness. Sorry, my dog is making noises in the background here. Oh, I thought it was a ghost dog. Uh, nope. Not yet. Not yet. <laughs> but anyway. <Anyways. laughs> that was awesome. Yeah. So, and I, go ahead. No. Uh, you haven't said a word all night, so I'm just trying to get you in there. I'm sorry. I'm just I'm distracted here because we have thunderstorms that are rolling in quickly, and we've kind of been scurrying around. I know we're using you as a barometer, thermometer, a barometer. Yeah, because it'll hit you before it hits us. So you know. Oh, 
I yeah. think well, you were screaming that I know it was probably about uh, 30 minutes away from me. <laughs> nope. Nah, it's it's going to hit here any moment, so we're taking shelter. But so anyways, we want to we want to thank them for coming on. And next week we have Dr. Karen O'Keefe. Awesome. Very awesome. Yep. yep. Parapsychologist from the UK. Uh, he was most notably from Most Haunted, which probably was my favorite paranormal show of all time. I loved, loved that show, actually. I thought it was I so agree. much fun fun to watch. It was. I think I hear Heidi. I think it's my end. That's a good oh. thing. That's a it's good thing. Because <laughs> <laughs> if it isn't, then we're in trouble. Uh-huh. You'd be doing solo. Uh, yeah. Any- anyway, thanks a lot, everyone, for listening, and uh, tune in next week with Dr. Karen O'Keefe. Good night. Good night. Awesome. Have a great night, everybody. Good night. From ghoulies to ghosties.